Hey, my name is Mason Yang. I'm 29 years old. Um, I'm from Orange County, California. I was born and raised here. A little bit about myself. I grew up a Christian in a Christian home. I went to a private Christian school all the way until I was um, 18, graduated high school. Uh, grew up at a Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, a very um, fundamentalist church at its roots and, and with some charismatic background. But um, I guess for me, as long as we're on the talk of, topic of deconstruction, it really goes to show um, or really helps if I kind of give a little background of my church experience. So <clears throat> I grew up at Calvary, uh, constructed my faith there, um, was involved in ministry there, led worship, was a part of student leadership. And uh, when I was 18, uh, 17 years old, <clears throat> um, I was falsely accused of uh, uh, sexual assault. Um, even though the church and the leaders knew that it was a false, um, a false accusation, uh, I was still kicked out, lost a lot of friends, was not um, allowed to return <clears throat> um, to the youth group, that is, and uh, ended, up, uh, ended up getting kicked off of a missions trip, uh, was going to go to uh, ministry school and whatnot, and pulled, pulled out of that. Uh, and, uh, lost a lot of people that I thought I could trust with my spiritual formation and discipleship, uh, which turned into about eight months of just hard deconstruction asking, um, who is God? Who are you, Lord? Um, are you even real? Are you there for me? Um, you know, is, is all of this just a load of crap <clears throat> and can I trust anyone ever again? I think, I think, um, in that I, I, I remember I, I got a job at a coffee shop. I was enrolled in community college um, I made a lot of friends, picked up a lot of bad habits, you know, the typical smoking, drinking, post-Christian thing. Um, and, uh, I, I remember I had no grid, no desire to connect with God ever again, or the church, just extremely bitter and alone. Mind you, a lot of my friends had left for college. I still didn't have my license because I was 17. Um, and, uh, found myself just kind of, uh, closed off to everything. And I remember the Lord, came in pretty intensely one night and just spoke to me very clearly. It was one of the few times that I'd ever, like, at least in the beginning, ever really felt like I'd heard God's voice and encountered what I now identify as his presence. And I remember hearing him very clearly tell me, um, I want you to come back to church. And I was like, I'm never going back. He's like, yeah, you don't have to come back to that church. <clears throat> but I, I, I don't want, I, he, but he was like, I want you to come back to, um, to church somehow. You choose. And I was like, no, I'm not going back. You, um, you did this, you know? And then he was like, I didn't do this. I remember, I remember his voice was very firm. He was like, I didn't do this. Um, I'm still here. I still love you. Um, I want you to come back. People did this, but I didn't do this. So I started going back to church. Um, and you know, I've been to, I've, I've hard committed to about four churches since then and, um, left some that were great, left others that were not so great. Um, I've experienced churches since then. I, last year, I left a, a hyper-charismatic church uh, that I was at for about four years. And um, I, I, when I left it last year, it was probably the worst split, even worse than my experience at Calvary Costa Mesa, um, where these spiritual leaders that I had trusted um, started heading down an extremely unhealthy, unbiblical, and toxic direction, um, claiming you know uh, some of the language that was used towards me was, um, you know, we're prophets, we see in the spirit, you can't lie to us. If you leave this church, um, you are going against God's will. You are uh, operating out of a spirit of, um, of an orphan and in rebellion. Uh, 
you know, your future is going to be very dark and grim and all this, all this attack from the enemy is going to get you. Um, yeah. And I, I remember, uh, when I had left, I started doing therapy through a Christian therapist, which I will hard plug and tell everyone that they should do. Um, but it was revealed to me through my first couple of sessions, like, no, you are that, or that I was a, a victim to spiritual abuse and manipulation, um, at a pretty intense level. And it took a long time. I'm, I'm now almost a year and a half <clears throat> away from that. And the growth and healing and restoration that's happened um, has been phenomenal. Um, and, I, and all of this is to say, I think every season that I've ever gone through of deconstructionism or detangling or reconstruction has always been sparked by a, a, a moment of intense relational betrayal, of structural failure, um, or just an inability of the church to meet me where I was, um, resulting in some tremendous hurt. Um, <clears throat> whether that's having an entire community or culture turn their back on me because I didn't fit in, or because I suddenly went from greatest ally to greatest threats because of me wanting to maintain my individualism or asking questions that went against the status quo. Um, uh, all of those seasons began with a moment like that. And, um, and I think it's really also important to distinguish between deconstructionism, uh, or construction, deconstructionism, um, reconstruction, and also on the side is detangling. Um, I went through my seasons of deconstruction and those questions that I had were answered by a very real encounter with God. Um, and I, I also understand that that's not the case for everyone. Um, but I would also go to say, uh, I think, I think, those answers come sometimes come from an an intellectualization of the truth, but for me and for a lot of people that I know that I've recovered from um, from seasons of intense deconstructionism, um, it, it it happened through an actual encounter with God where He met them in the crap, met them in the weeds of what they were going through, um, and then began the reconstruction where for me reconstruction detangling kind of went hand in hand it's like i i can't do this again you know that was the statement that i would find myself saying it's like whatever that was i'm not really sure what that was but it wasn't good and it worked for maybe a season and it gave me some tools but i just can't do that again it led to so much pain and hurt for me um and Yeah, and I think sometimes it's really tough when we observe areas in which we constructed our faith and we build something up really high and recognize that it might not actually represent the whole. It might not actually be God himself um, or something that God breathes on. Or maybe it just grew in a very weird way. And that's why deconstruction and de detangling are so important. It's something that Jesus did. Um, Jesus himself... Um, tore down unhealthy structures. He gave woes to the Pharisees for making it hard for people to approach God. Um, and any, 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 I don't know. I don't know if condemns the right word, but he, he spoke so harshly to them. Yeah, I want to say condemned. He condemns them because, um, you know, they set up the, the faith in a very specific way that just was so not representative of God's heart. I, I think in that, 
in the spirit of that, it's so important for us as Christians to actually go through our seasons of deconstructionism and, um, and for the church to provide resources to help people in those seasons. Not in a way that they get to define what reconstruction is, but to allow people to at least feel understood and seen and validated in the pain that sparks these seasons and can provide them resources that can allow, you know, multiple points of view or, um, or, or at least like tangibles that they can, they can, or, and tools that they can use to help process through those seasons. I think a lot of detangling is really more just looking at the liturgies and traditions and structures that we, that humankind will build up because groupthink is a very real thing in which we just, we find ourselves attracted to people who think very similarly but we look at what was built up um, and can untangle. You know, it's like, oh, you know what? This, was, this isn't necessarily scriptural, but, um, but they built this up as a, ho- as, a, as a hope that it would help everyone um, or allow people to approach God. But you know what? It doesn't actually work for me. That's not, that's not something that I'm actually finding value in. Uh, whether it's like for now or later or never, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's like, okay, well, how can I reconstruct my faith in truth, um, allowing myself to enter back into community, enter back into, um, you know, a space and, uh, of, of safety and trust with leadership, um, or that I can find myself safe in a, um, in a, um, in this culture, you know, and for me personally, that just looked like, looked like therapy. It looked like asking a lot of questions. It looked like being surrounded by a community that allowed me to, process through all my emotions and anger and quite frankly, hatred and resentment and bitterness towards the church freely, but also could still feel accepted and welcomed, you know, with all my, my, my hurt and, um, uh, like at some points even poison. And I had leaders that were, I found new leaders that were so beautifully accepting of the process and saying, no, this is what you're going through. This is, you know, um, and that's okay. We hear you, we see you, um, maybe consider these things, maybe try these things to kind of help out and, um, and worked with me to, to help identify the goal of like reestablishing, um, love between me and the church, um, love between me and God again, that wasn't isolated and, um, and angry. So yeah, I know, I know that's a lot. Um, and there's so much more that I could say. I think I I would close in saying, um, (laughs) that, um, C.S. Lewis has this quote where he says, um, when we do a math problem wrong, the worst thing we can do is to keep going. We have to go back to where the mistake was made and correct from there and move forward. And I, I can't think of a more beautiful imagery for what represents the cycle of construction, deconstruction, and reconstruction. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's important that we all go through these things and um, and we we enter it into we enter into it with the thought of. I'm going to reconstruct as I deconstruct, you know, I'm going to tear things down and rebuild them up in the light of scripture, in the light of healthy, emotional, you know, emotional health, healthy, emotional health, you know what I'm saying? Um, In emotional health, I'm going to be doing it um, with the goal of being close to God in mind um, and not being defined by the culture, but allow the heart of God and his spirit revealed through scripture to dictate what that's supposed to look like for the individual. And what I think I've found is that there is a lot of gray. There's a lot of gray. There's a lot of, I mean, like some, some of the more fundamental things, sure. Like we hang on to those. God reveals that through scripture, but he also reveals that to us personally. Um, but like some, a lot of the gray and like liturgy and, and structure and things like that um, really allow us the freedom to, 
to pursue Christ in the way that we were made to in our individualities, but also allowing that to turn into the whole and celebrating that diversity. Um, yeah, so I, I think that kind of wraps up everything I want to say. Um, yes. Yes.